there's a lot more that God wants to do through us. In fact, in us and through us. Praise God. There's a lot more that God wants to do in us and through us. And it's very important that we recognize what God wants to do. It's important that we are deliberate about the things that we do. It's important that we are deliberate about the things that we do. Did you hear me? It's important that we are deliberate. Look at the song we sang. It's important for you to know that the Spirit of God has heard you and will lead you to a place where you wouldn't have wandered to. Where your trust is without border. Where you are not in your comfort zone. Where you are not where you are used to. And it comes in different ways. It comes by simple leadings like like read your Bible every day. You know, for some of us, it's not a zone we are used to. I mean, for some people, if, if, if they saw them reading their Bible, they'll ask, what's happened? What's the issue? Is there anything wrong? Why are you reading your Bible? Is there a problem? If they see them praying, it means there is definitely an issue. Because they would never pick up their Bibles to read. And they would never pray. Okay, so the Spirit of God might lead you into that place where He tells you, you know what? Begin to read your Bible daily. It's not what you are used to. You've been a Christian for six years, but it's not what you've been used to. But He says, begin to pray for such a number of hours daily. Praise God. It's not something you are used to. And sometimes we want to think, what is the, what's the end result of this thing that I will do? Praise God. What's the end result? But you might never know. What I'm saying is, follow the leading of the Spirit. It's taking you somewhere. Be very deliberate about following the leading of the Spirit. I've told you, when the Holy Ghost tells you something, write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Because we do not write things down, we don't remember them, and we don't do them. We don't have a track record where we have seen where he has, how he has led us from step one to step two to step three. We are too busy. There's just too many things to do. This is the social media age. Everywhere. You have a Snapchat account. You have an Instagram account. You have a Facebook account. You have a Twitter account. You still go back to check to go. Just in case they sent you a message. Once in a while, you still will check if high five is working. Praise God. So there's just so many things. So much information. And you know what? The Spirit of God leads you in a still small voice. In an inner witness. So it's so small, so slight, you can almost miss it. I mean, when today in advertising, you use big billboards that are so conspicuous you can't miss them. The Holy Ghost is still leading people in a still small voice. So you have to be deliberate about receiving his leading. You have to pay attention. You know why? Because when the Holy Ghost leads you, the, the sky doesn't turn purple. It's not as if he tells you to fast, suddenly there won't be food in the whole world. 
No. The day he tells you to fast, someone might be celebrating birthday and sharing free food. Or someone might just call you and say, you know what, let's go out, let's go and eat. But he led you to fast. So there might not be anything spectacular when the Holy Ghost leads you. But if you follow him, he will take you to where he's taking you to. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many times we haven't been adequately prepared for opportunities. And we all to get that missed opportunities because we are not prepared. I like, I like the definition that uh, Apostle Selman gave to the word favor. He said favor is when preparation meets opportunity. When preparation meets an opportunity. When you have an opportunity and you are not prepared for it, you will lose the opportunity. If you have an opportunity and you are prepared for it, you would multiply your opportunities. You would multiply your opportunities. And you know what? If you follow the Spirit of God, He would prepare you or lead you to a place of preparedness for the opportunities. He would lead you. Let me give you an example. Okay, I think he said this many years ago. There was a time he was going for a minister's conference and he was going to attend the minister's conference. He wasn't going to preach there. He was going to attend and receive training. But the Holy Ghost just said, three days into the conference, fast for the next three days. Why should I fast if I'm going for a conference to go and listen to the word? You know, many of you never think I should fast because I'm coming for a prayer meeting. You are like, the pastor should do the fasting. Every other person in church should do the fasting. You don't think like, I should spend some time praying before I come for a meeting. You're just doing random things and then you just stroll into meeting and then you're like, oh wow, these guys look like they're seriously praying here. You prepare. You prepare. You prepare. You, you set your heart. You are deliberate. Do you see that? You are deliberate. You're going from a, 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 a teaching meeting. You study your previous notes. Because it's going to be a build-up on the last do you understand? You study it so that you are you are maintaining the frequency. That's important. You are coming for a prayer meeting, you prepare yourself. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible talking about worrying and praying. He said, you should take away worry before you pray. So, you don't come with worries when you are coming for a prayer meeting, hoping that the prayer meeting will be changed. You set it aside. And then you Involve yourself, you commit yourself. You come to a prayer meeting, you remember what you were taught, what you heard in the last prayer meeting. You know that this is the frequency we let from. We would most likely continue from there. So the Holy Ghost told him to fast, and then he fasted and prayed for three days. And um, they would usually teach in the morning sessions and uh, minister the things of the Spirit in the night sessions. And I think they started with the night session or something. And then the person in charge just said, Oh, I saw Brother Hagen in the hall. Would you minister this evening to the sick? Favor is when preparation meets opportunity. There might have been someone in that hall that have been feeling, Why is it not me they called? If they called, you probably won't be prepared. You probably won't be prepared. Praise God. So you prepare 
for the opportunities. If you follow the leading of the Spirit, you'll be prepared for every opportunity. Do you hear me? If you follow the leading of the Spirit, you'll be prepared for every opportunity. I'll be talking about the leading of the Spirit next month in our Sunday meetings. We're going to have four Sunday meetings next month. And uh, I'll teach on the leading of the Spirit. Like, you know, every every um, one will be the build-up on the um, previous one. And just come with, a, with an open heart. That's what I'll say. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So say this with me. I'm led by the Spirit of God. And I'm prepared for every opportunity. I take advantage of every opportunity. Let me add this. Many of us, or some of us rather, sometimes Christians are not sensitive. Sometimes Christians are not sensitive. They do not... Sometimes we allow carnality and worldliness to blow our vision. We forget to be yielded to His peace. Sometimes I want to tell people, you're a Christian. You're actually a Christian. Just, just remember that you're a Christian. You allow the way the world takes things and reacts to things. You react that same way. For example, maybe your pastor offended you. Now say, I'm not coming for a meeting. I'm not coming for a prayer meeting. You are doing yourself. Don't you understand? You are doing yourself. Because like we know, in prayer, prayer changes you. John sir, prayer changes you. Or, say you attend the word church and because maybe they did something and you're offended, you say, I'm not going there again. Be careful about offenses. Be careful how you handle offenses. When you are angry, don't talk. Do you hear what I said? When you are angry, don't talk. You know, they say silence cannot be misinterpreted. So if, if I'm angry with you, for example, if you're angry with me, for example, and you don't say anything, but everybody knows they are boiling in anger. You know, you won't have things to begin to apologize for. But if you said your mind, do you get it? Then people <laughs> Some believers will say, Christians, they will say, hmm, you don't want to see my, my true color or my other color. Uh, chameleon Christian. <laughs> Pay your finger. Don't talk. You know why? Because you'll 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 become sober later, and you wish you didn't say the things you said. But anything you've said, you can't you can't withdraw it. So basically, just just be sensitive. That's all. Let's 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 go to what we have to do today. Father, we thank you because there's revelation knowledge available for us. We have insight into your word. This word will produce fruits in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. say loud, amen. 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 All right. So this is Faith Clinic. 
the idea of faith clinic um, was what E.W. Kenyon, well-informed Bible teacher, said. He said, every local church should have faith clinic regularly. And you know what? I've come to realize that it's true. Many people just come to church and say, you know what? I have this particular desire. And then they pray and pray and fast sometimes. And then they will praise and then they will dance and hope that the situation changes. Each time they keep trying something new, they will either drop a seed or go out and evangelize or, you know, help the poor. Just hoping that one of them would work. But you know what? Every door has a key. Your door doesn't have multiple keys. You turn there, you now change the key, then do then. Every door has one key. You don't have to try different keys to open one door. If you try the right key, the door opens. Praise God. Many believers try to act in faith, but don't understand what biblical faith is. Some others want to hear Sarah's testimony about how she got a breakthrough and try what Sarah did to get the same breakthrough. But by now, you know that it hasn't worked out for you, haven't you realized? And then when someone else comes to share her own testimony and say, this is what me I did, you try that new one. Then by the time a third person comes and says, oh, what Sarah did is what I did, you want to try what that third person So we keep trying different things and we don't even know what works. But the, the Bible is clear on how to get results in the practical areas of your life. You don't have to try. You know what to do and you do what you know to do. Praise God. Alright. Mark. Mark. Chapter 11. I didn't even plan to start from Mark chapter 11. But let's, let's start from there. You know this is a build up on what we talked last time in faith clinic. So. You will do well to listen to that one also. Mark 11 verse 20. <sighs> this was the story of Jesus when he was hungry. And he went to a fig tree to get something to eat. But he saw leaves and didn't see any fruit. So the Bible said he cursed the fig tree and his disciples hurt him. The following day, when they were passing that same place, Peter called to their notice that the fig tree that Jesus cursed has withered to its roots. So Jesus said something and it happened. Okay, he got a, pra- a result in the practical area of his life. Notice that what he said was what happened. And then he, he, he answered and said unto them in verse 22. Okay, let me read verse 21. And Peter calling unto remembrance said unto the master, Behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. What does he say? He shall have whatsoever he saith. Again, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's beautiful. 
So Jesus teaches them how to have whatsoever you say. The first thing we see in verse 22 where Jesus begins to talk is have faith in God. Praise God. Have faith in God. Now, um, and I explained that that statement means have the faith that God gives. Or have the faith. If you have a Bible, you would imagine. If you say, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. The faith of God cannot come from man. The faith of God cannot come from the devil. The faith of God comes from God. So that is, have the faith that God gives. Amen? Amen. So there is faith that God gives. That's important. There is faith that God gives. Now, we established last time, and I would look at some other scripture, that show us that every believer has faith. No believer has a faith issue. Did you hear me? No Christian has a faith issue. We do not lack faith. You cannot lack faith as a Christian. You have faith. Do you understand? You have faith. As a matter of fact, we have the same kind of faith. So my faith is not different from the faith you have. We have the same kind of faith. Every believer has the same kind of faith. You do not have a faith issue. You know, you feel sometimes like, oh, I know God can change the situation, but if I just had a faith, I'll get the results I want. You do not have a faith issue. Faith is not your problem. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 calls us the household of faith. That's the family of people that have faith. It's a family that has faith as a common denominator. Do you understand? Every one of us has faith. Say that. Every one of us has faith. Good. Now open to 2 Peter chapter 1. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. We we'll read together. Open very quickly, please. Second Peter chapter 1. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Peter chapter 1. Today we're starting when there's no change yet. When there's no change yet. You have done all you need to do and there's no change yet. You've done all the word of God has said to do, but you haven't gotten the results you wanted. I know many of us are in that place, or have been in that place before. Praise God. Second Peter chapter one, verse one. We read together. Are you there? All right. One to go. Simon Peter is sub. Are we all there? All right. Second Peter chapter one, verse one. One to go. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, to them that have obtained 
like precious faith. To them that have obtained like precious faith. What does the HCSD say? Obtain the faith of equal privilege. Or like they, say, they, they wrote in the margin, the same kind of faith. The same kind of faith. Did you hear me? So we have obtained the same kind of faith. All believers have obtained the same kind of faith. Do you see that? Notice that he said, to them that have obtained, not to them that have generated faith. Last time he said, faith is not added. Faith is received. Do you understand? Faith is a gift we received. Faith is not something we try to generate. Faith is something we obtain. So, faith is a gift you received. That's important. You know the meaning of that? It means there's no time when you are not, you are, you, there's no time when you are without faith. Because, of course, the gift of God will charge repentance. He will not collect it back from you. It doesn't expire. It doesn't need, you don't need to resubscribe to it. No. It's not like data that it runs out. No. You always have it. Praise God. You always have it. Say, I always have it. Alright. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I said, we all have the same kind of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, this is beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Are you there? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Are you there? Alright, let's read together. One, two, go. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. He said, we having the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith we have the same spirit of faith you know sometimes we just wish if i have elijah's anointing or elijah's spirit or something i'd be able to do the great and mighty things he did you know what you have the spirit of faith you have the spirit of faith it's a fruit of a recreated human spirit Galatians 5.22 Faith is a fruit. It's a part of your recreated human spirit. The spirit you received at new birth is the spirit of faith that he said you have received. Did you see that? When he said, we having the same spirit of faith, he's talking about the spirit you received at new birth. It's a fruit of a recreated human spirit. So let me tell you something now. Faith is not a feeling. Okay, faith is the nature of your spirit. Faith is not a feeling. Because sometimes we think, because I don't feel like I have faith, I don't have faith. That's not true. Faith is not a feeling. It's your nature. 
It's like love. Love is not a feeling. It's the nature of the spirit you have. Did you see that? So faith also is not a feeling. It's the nature of the spirit you have. He said we have the same spirit of faith. So you don't have a faith problem. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 4. Titus. Titus was written by who? By Titus. By Paul. Titus 1 4. Paul said, are you there? Titus chapter 1 verse 4. Paul said to Titus, my own son, after the common faith. After the common faith, we have the common, we have the same spirit of faith, the same kind of faith. Okay? So for a believer, you do not have a faith problem. Okay? After the same kind of faith. So for a believer, you do not have a faith problem. You have the spirit of faith. You don't lack faith. Meaning faith is not your issue. You have the faith of God. Okay? You have the faith that God gives. How did you receive it? You received it at new birth. Okay? Um, Romans chapter 10. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing. You see that? Faith comes. So that's how faith came to you. That's how faith came to you. By hearing. And that's you believed and that's how you received faith. Do you see that? So you received faith as new, at new birth. Okay? You receive, that means there's faith, the faith of God is in you. Okay? So the next thing is, how can I make the faith I have to function in the practical areas of my life? How can I get results with the faith I already have? Okay? Now let's go to um, Mark 11, where we started from. Mark 11, 23. Now in verse 22, Jesus said, Have the faith of God. And we said, We already have the faith of God as believers. Praise God. We already have the faith of God as believers. So, he was, because Peter was surprised, how was Jesus able to cause the fig tree and it withered to his roots? And Jesus said, look, you can do this thing. You can do this thing. All you need to do is have the faith of God. Have the faith that God gives. And then verse 23, read together. Mark 11, 23, read together. Want to go. For verily I say unto you, are you there? Alright, Mark 11, 23. Are you there now? Want to go. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into his sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So Jesus said that's how to have results in the practical areas of your life. Number one is have the faith of God. You already have the faith of God. The next thing he says is that for verily I say unto you, that is most assuredly I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain 
Did you see that? He said, say to this mountain, not wish that the mountain will go away. You know, some people say, I pray it happens. Though. That's not prayer. That's just, it's just a statement of wish. You see that? I pray I get the money. That's not prayer. You know what some other people say? I pray God takes away this mountain. That's not prayer also. Do you understand? Notice that in verse 23, Jesus was not teaching about prayer. In verse 24, he talks about prayer. The lesson there is this. Listen very well. Your faith can work for you even when you don't pray. When Jesus said to the man, when he said to the fig tree, no man eats of you forever. He wasn't praying. He wasn't talking to God. He was talking to the tree. Did you see that? He wasn't praying. In verse 24, he teaches about prayer. So whether you are praying, whether in prayer or when you're not praying, you can get results using your faith. You can speak to a situation and it will change. Do you understand? Look at in John 11, when Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He wasn't talking to God. He was talking to Lazarus. Did you see that? And he got the results he wanted. Sometimes we don't expect to always get the results we want. Are you sharing me? We have allowed our experiences to educate us. Jesus said in verse 23, He shall have whatsoever he says. We don't believe that we shall always have whatsoever we say. We feel like sometimes I would have whatsoever I say. Some other times I would not have whatsoever I say. That's our expectation. Do you understand? That's our expectation. And that's what we get. I want you to have a radical change of mindset today. We don't always expect to get whatsoever we say. We feel like sometimes I will get whatsoever I say. Sometimes I will not get whatsoever I say. I think was it on Sunday. Um, no, it was two Sundays ago. When we said, some people say that when you pray for something, if God knows that, ha, ah, if I give you this blessing, it will destroy you. God will not give you. He said, it's not true. It's not true. God, Solomon didn't pray for wealth. He prayed for wisdom. God gave Solomon wealth. The wealth of Solomon was God's initiative. And the wealth of Solomon was what destroyed him. Meaning it's not true that if God knows that the blessing will destroy you, he will not give you. It's not true. Because he gave Solomon wealth. And he knew the wealth would destroy Solomon. Not because God wanted to destroy Solomon. Did you hear me? We also spoke about Hezekiah. 
The man that Isaiah came to prophesy to and say, look, which tidy your house, you're going to die. The Bible said, I, Hezekiah turned to the wall and prayed. And the Lord added 15 more years to him. But guess what? He wasted those years. So it's not true that if the blessing will destroy you, God will give you. God always gives. You saw that in James chapter 1 verse 5. If any man lacks wisdom, he says, Let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and abraded not. He gives generously. Do you understand? He gives generously and does not count fault. He does not find fault. Alright, let's go there. James chapter 1 verse 5. Oh, thank you, Lord. James chapter 1 verse 5. I don't want to read from the Amplified Bible, so let me just get there. James 1 5. Are you there? Are you there? Alright. Let's read together. I want to go. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraided not, and it shall be given to him. Now look at what the Amplified says. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding. God doesn't look for a reason not to give you what you asked for. Do you hear me? God doesn't look for, he doesn't find a reason not to give you. God gives to all men liberally. He gives to all men generously and does not find faults. James says in verse 6, let him ask in faith. But let him ask in faith, not in wavering. For he that wavers like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. I think I told you to underline that word receive. In verse 5, underline God that giveth. So God gives. He does not upbraid. He doesn't find fault. He doesn't find a reason. This is the character of God. He doesn't find a reason not to give you. Many times you think, I don't think God is going to give me this blessing. If he gives me this blessing, I'm going to become poor. So, sometimes we even say, I know I didn't get the blessing. God didn't give me because uh, if he gives me, I'm going to become proud. Or I'm going to stop saving him. You know that the wealth that God gave Solomon, because of that, Solomon stopped serving God. He began following idols. He wasn't only marrying plenty of wives, he actually started following idols, still worshipping idols. Do you see that? So God doesn't find a reason not to give. You have been the one telling yourself that God will not give you. Okay? Takes a while because you don't really get it at the time. 
sometimes it takes a long, long time. Life. Before it would... Okay, I think that's what we want to talk about today. When we don't have a change yet. Now, the thing is, here's the thing. If you're in faith, you would have whatsoever you say. You know the meaning of that? It means that if you're in faith, and what you said is, by this evening, I'll have so and so. You would have what? Whatsoever. You would have whatsoever. Do you see it now? But I'll come back to this point later. Okay? I'll come back to it later. Because the question now is, I've said timeline sometimes, and I haven't gotten it. What happened? So I'll, I'll, that's why I said I'll come back to it. But let's first establish the fact that God gives. If we ask, God gives. Like we said, like I said last time, if you ask in doubt, if you ask and you're in doubt, will God give you? Hmm? Yes. yes. Why will he give you? Because if he says, I will not give you because you are doubting, he has found a fault and God doesn't find fault. Did you see that? If, if you are doubting when you are asking, God will give. Because as soon as he says, I cannot give you because you are doubting, he is finding fault and God doesn't find fault. Let me say this. Let this apply. Allow this to influence the other, other areas of your life. That God doesn't find fault. He doesn't find a reason not to bless you. God doesn't look at you, Sarah, and find fault in you in whatever area of your life. Do you understand? God doesn't look at you and find fault in you for any reason. I'm not even talking about prayer now. He never looks at you and finds fault in you. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 8 and chapter 11, he says, Their sins and their iniquity I'll remember no more. He said, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. He talks about the new covenant in chapter 8 and chapter 11. He describes it. And then he says, Their sins and their iniquity I'll remember no more. Romans chapter 4, David says that blessed is the man to whom God, whose iniquity God would not um, recognize. Do you understand? So he doesn't find fault in you. He doesn't look at your sins. He doesn't look at your wrongdoings. He doesn't find fault in you. He doesn't say that, see, you're doing this wrong thing, this and that and that and that. He doesn't find fault. Do you see that? So, even in prayer, when you pray, so your sins would not hinder your prayer. Why? He gives to all men liberally without finding fault. Let me tell you why your sins would not hinder your prayer. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. It's not because God is, is trying to overlook sin. God does not overlook sin. If he does that, he becomes unjust. John chapter 2. Are you there? First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Are you there? Now he says, My little children, verse 1, These things I write unto you that you sin not. Do you understand? 
So I'm, I'm writing unto you to tell you not to sin. He says, and if any man sin, what does he say next? We have an advocate. He didn't say, if any man sins, tell him, repent. Is that what he says? Did he say, if any man sins, tell him to confess his sins? Is that what he said? If he says, if any man sins, tell him to rededicate his life to Christ. Is that what he said? He doesn't talk about the man again. He doesn't talk about the man again. So, the reason why he doesn't find fault is not because of the man. It's because, let's continue reading. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins. And I told you the word propitiation means the payment for our sins. We have someone that has taken that punishment already. We have someone that has paid our debts already. So, the reason why God would not find fault is because Christ has paid for that sin. So, that sin has been punished in Christ. So, God can't find fault. Because the sin has been handled, duly, sufficiently handled in Christ. Do you see that? So, that's why he doesn't remember our sins and iniquity. Because Christ has taken the punishment for the sin. So God can now tell you anything about the sin. If I sell iPads, for example, and shop has paid for an iPad for you, and you come to the shop and pick the iPad up, will I start saying, why are you not paying for it? He has paid for it. Johnson, he has paid for it. Now, am I saying go ahead and steal? Remember the first thing I read. These things I write unto you that you will do what? Sin not. And if any man sins, he said we have an advocate to the Father. So this is not a teaching on liberty of sinning. But it's a teaching on liberty to live a righteous life in Christ. Do you see that? So, God doesn't find fault. Okay? When you ask, God gives. Say, when I ask, God gives. When I ask, God gives. What I ask for, God gives. What I ask for, God gives. I have whatsoever I say. Do you see that now? That's important. So the first thing in Mark 11, 23, um, 22 is, have the faith of God, and we say we have the faith of God. The next thing we see is, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, and I say that's not prayer. You're talking to the mountain. The mountain is not your God. Meaning, I can get results in practical areas of my life without praying. I can just speak to the situation. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into a sea, he says, and shall not doubt in his heart. So the first thing is have the faith of God. The second thing is that you say what you want. Okay? The third thing is, and shall not doubt in his heart. Do you see that? But believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. 
Now the truth is, sometimes we speak and we doubt in our heart. We are hoping that by speaking, we would believe what we said. Do you see that? Now, and then, let's we'll look at it again. Which one comes first? The believing in the heart or the speaking with the mouth? Do you understand? Now look at school, believing. Look at um, 2 Corinthians where we read. Chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We read it earlier. So look at it again. It helps us. It gives us an idea. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Are you there? Alright. Let's read one to go. He said, we having this... Are you there? Alright. One to go. And we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written... I believe, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Do you see that? I believe, therefore speak. So, the speaking is a result of the believing. The speaking is a result of the believing. Let me say something else. The speaking is the speaking of what you believe. You say what you believe. You say what you believe. And that's why you cannot copy my own confession of faith. Because your confession should be an expression of your belief. Do you see that now? So, you can... If, if you're saying tonight, I'll have this. But you are not... Is not what you believe, then you will not have. Because your speaking should be an expression of what you believe. We believe, and therefore we speak. We believe, and therefore we speak. Your confession should be a declaration of what you believe. So you can't say, what should I say? No. I should ask you, what do you believe? Whatever you believe is what you should say. You understand? Whatever you believe is what you should say. Now we also said that faith begins when the will of God is known. So what do I say? Now, let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 um, gives us a good talk on faith. Romans chapter 10. In verse 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 14. He says, How can they call? So now, this is their confession, what they're saying. How can they call on him? In whom they have not believed. You see that? How can they call? How can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So you hear the word of God about the situation. You believe the word of God concerning the situation. And you say what you believe from God's word about the situation. Do you see that? 
you hear the word of God about the situation, you believe the word of God concerning the situation, and you say what you believe from God's word about the situation. You hear God's word about the situation. So you should give preponderance to hearing God's word. Sometimes we have faith and we don't have the scripture for it. Let your faith be built on God's word. Not assumptions. Let it be built on God's word. Your faith concerning situations should be built on God's word. You share God's word about the situation. You believe God's word concerning the situation. And you say what you believe from God's word about the situation. Do you see it now? So, it's important that you have God's word. Know what God's word said concerning the situation. You meditate on it. Do you understand? Then you believe, you're persuaded. And then you can say what you believe. Okay, you can say what you believe. So, um, let's just look at Mark 11 again. So, he says, Very nice, verse 23. What, very nice, um, unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed. Of course, so from what we've studied now, we realize that before he says to the mountain, he already believes what he wants to say. We don't say to believe. No, sorry. I mean, when you are saying to believe, it's not confession of faith, it's meditation. Do you see that? We are saying to believe. We are saying God's word so that you believe it. That's not confession of faith. That is meditation. Confession of faith is that I am saying what I already believe. Meditation is I am saying it so that I will believe it. Okay. Joshua 8. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your, from your mouth. For you shall meditate on it. So you put God's word on your mouth. To meditate, you're speaking the word, you're speaking in tongues, you're thinking about it, you're meditating until you're persuaded about it. Once you believe, then you can say what you believe from God's word about the situation and you will have whatsoever you say. So it's not the same that changes situations, but it's that I am saying what I believe. That's important. I am saying what I believe concerning situation saying doesn't change situations saying what you believe is what changes it you receive from what God has given by saying what you believe so when we ask even if you ask in doubt God gives because God would not find fault but James said, let him that wavered, let him not think he would receive anything from God. So let's look at it. James 1 6. I'll just read it. You can open it also quickly. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and obedient not. And he shall give him. Do you see that? He shall give him. So this is 
This is positive. God gives on the earth. Six. Let he, but let him ask in faith, not in wavering, for he that wavers like wavers, he tossed by the wind. Okay? Tossed. Let me say something. Many times, we do not have a problem with believing when we are praying. We have a problem with maintaining our belief after we are done praying. So in the place of prayer, you would say, oh, I'm healed. But if by the third day and by the fourth day, you have not seen healing in your body, that's when you begin to move here and there. That's when you are being tossed here and there. The challenge with believing usually comes when there's a time between when I believe and when it happens manifest. That's usually the issue. When there's a period of time between when I said, yes, I've received what I believe from God. And when what I believe that I have received manifest, that time frame is when we usually doubt. I'll give you an example. Now, Peter said to Jesus, it is you bid me to come, and then Jesus says, come. Peter begins to walk on water. That is the work of faith. Okay? You would not take steps on water if you are not in faith. So Peter was walking in faith. Then the Bible said, the wind became boisterous. He saw it, and then he began to sink. So he started in faith and ended in unbelief. And that's what happens sometimes. We start in faith and say, look, I'm going to get this thing. I believe for it. When the process of time, when the days begins to roll by or the dates begins to come closer, that's when we begin to doubt. In fact, for Peter's case, the situation got worse. The wind became boisterous. So, imagine you're believing for a healing, for example, in your body. It was just headache. You prayed, you now went to sleep. You woke up, you now became headache, plus body pain, plus shaking. You're like, man, no way. You see the doctor. Do you see that? So, if that's what you believe for, it's about what you believe for. If I believe that I'll see the doctor, I'm going to get my healing. Because I trust in God, but I'm still going to see the doctor. If that's what you believe for, then that's your faith work for that situation. You know someone, let me take an example with money. Maybe you need money. Now someone can say, you know what, I trust God, God is going to, I'm not going to call anybody. God is going to supply. Now, there are people that say that and nothing happens. But there are people that believe for it and say it because that's what they believe and get it. While someone can say, you know what, I need money and I'm going to get it. I'm going to meet Uncle Sop and I'm going to receive favor and he's going to give me the money I need. So he'll come and ask you. I say, oh, send your account number. So that is faith. Why? That's what he believed for. So I can't say that's not faith. I can't, I can't, I can't tag something and say that's not faith. Why? You shall have whatsoever you say. If that's what you are saying, if what you are saying is, I'm going to go to see the doctor and I'm going to receive my healing, 
Your faith work is that you shall have whatsoever you see. So you have that. You see the doctor and you see the healing. Someone can say, I'll keep using my glasses and I'm going to be healed of this eye defect. That's his faith work. That's what he said and you have it. Look at the woman of the issue of blood. Mark chapter 5. The Bible says she kept saying, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. Now, some other people didn't have to touch. Some people just said, speak the word. You'll have thought her own. She needed a touch. That's not faith. But that was faith. The centurion said, come to my house. That's his own faith work. Do you see that now? That's his own faith work. That's his own faith work. So, it's about, it's about what do you believe. That was important. What do you actually believe? When you know what you believe, do you understand? Your faith confession will be a declaration of what you believe. So I said you can start up in faith and end up in doubt. And it's usually when there's time frame between when you believe you have received and when you have. When you have what you're believing for. That's when you usually doubt. Praise God. So what do you do when there's no change yet? Now, let me, let me go back again for the purpose of emphasis. Faith confession is saying with your mouth what you have already believed in your heart. Faith confession is saying with your mouth what you have already believed in your heart. Now, let me tell you something. When you believe in your heart, you receive it. You receive what you ask for. Do you hear what I said? When you believe in your heart, that's the moment you received what you were asking for. You said? You don't have to, you don't necessarily have to say it. When you believe is when you receive. Okay? But then um, you demonstrate your belief by saying. Let me give you an example. You see, a man gets saved when he does what? Believe the gospel. He receives salvation when he believes the gospel. Okay? And then he can also say. Oh, wow. And Jesus is Lord of my life. Oh, that means I'm going to make heaven. Do you see that? That's his faith confession. Do you see that? That's a demonstration of what he already has. I'd also tell you some reasons why faith confession is important. It's important that you're sharing what you believe. Because you don't fight thoughts of doubt with thought of faith. Words of faith is what you use to fight the thought of doubt in your mind. When the thought comes that are you sure you will be healed, you respond with what your, your faith confession, what I already believe. Oh, I'm the healed of God. I'm healed already. I've received. Whatever is your faith confession, whatever is what you have already believed, Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's meditate. Then you believe. Then it becomes your faith confession. Do you understand? So, I said, you receive when you believe. James 1 6. Let him, let him ask in faith, not in wavering, but he that way is like where we see tossed here and there. 7. Let him not think he would receive. Did you see that? 
He hasn't spoken about this guy speaking. He just said the guy is wavering. He said, let not this guy that is wavering think he would receive. But you know what? You know that this guy that is wavering in verse 5 has asked of God. So you receive when you believe. You actually receive what you asked for when you believe. It's with you, it's not with God. God gives, you receive when you believe. Mark chapter 1. Or should we go to Romans chapter 10 first? Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Verse 8. But what said it? He said, The world is nigh thee. This is very important. I told you, faith begins when the will of God is known. You need to know the word of God for that situation. The word is nigh thee. Even the word, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you believe with the heart. You confess with the mouth. But when you believe, you receive. Now look at Mark chapter, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 verse 24. Faith is really very simple. <laughs> Therefore I say unto you, what thing soever you desire, if it is the will of God, did he say so? Did he say so? What thing soever you desire, if God knows that it will not destroy you, did he say so? Do you see that? What thing soever you desire, he said when you pray, believe that you receive. And you shall have. So it is in believing. So when you pray, you believe that you have received. You don't leave the prayer room thinking, okay, I will receive when I go outside. It is in prayer you receive. Because you believe in the place of prayer. You ask, he gives, you believe and you receive. You have it later. You can have it later rather. So if you believe, so you pray and say, I would ask him to solve for money. And I trust God. I know he's going to give me. I believe for it. As I'm saying in Jesus' name, I've prayed. I, 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 I should believe that I have received the money. Why? Because when I asked, God moved to make sure that he gives. You see that? I receive. So I believe that I, so God has given. And then I receive. So I believe I have it. I have the money I want. I've received the favor I want from Uncle Saul. I have the money I've asked for. Do you see that? And then I ask him again again if I have it. I pray for favor. In the place of prayer, when I pray for favor, I know God gives. Because if I ask, God gives without finding fault. 
So I believe I received the favor asked for. I don't believe I would receive it. That's hope. Oh, I will receive the favor asked for. I'm hoping. That's hope. Faith is that I have received the favor I asked for. Right now in the place of prayer, God has given. I believe I've received it. Do you see that? And then I would have it. And then it would manifest. So when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, I said, no man eat of you forever. At that instant, he believed that no man will eat of it forever. He wasn't waiting to see if no man will eat of it forever. Sometimes we are waiting to see results to believe what we said. No! It has happened. If I tell you you are healed, if I come back and see you tomorrow and you are still shaking, I'll tell you, you are healed. You were healed yesterday. Because I asked and I received. That was when you got healed. Do you see that? That's when you got healed. If I ask for money in the place of prayer, it's at the instant I ask that God gives. So I believe I have the money. Do you see that? And then I would get it physically. So I don't hope. It's not like, so I don't check to know if I have the money. That's doubt. So if you say, okay, I prayed for you and I believe that you're healed. I don't now say, and if I ask you, how do you feel? And you say, ah, thing is actually getting worse. I don't now say, let's pray. No. Why? You have received the healing. Do you see that? You have received the healing. So, you believe that you receive the moment you ask for. God gives. We believe we receive. Jensen and we have. Is it clear? So that means, is Yes. Yes. You receive instantly, you have, you might have later. Is it clear? Do you get it? You receive it. God gives instantly. You receive instantly because you believe. Look at it. It's the same thing with salvation. All the salvation, of course, you have instantly. Do you understand? You be, you ask, for example, you call on him. How can we call on him when we not believe? We call on him. He gives. He has given actually. We receive by believing. We have. So, having might take time. For example, now if you're praying to have a child. Okay? He gives instantly. Of course, I'm not saying he's giving the baby. From heaven. We've spoken about that now. Babies don't come from heaven. Let me say it again. Babies don't come from heaven. Do you understand? It's not like when we're living in heaven. The Lord looked at you and said, Sarah, Sarah. He said, yes, daddy. <laughs> he says, I'm sending you to the world now. Don't go and play with mud water. Focus on singing. That is the destiny I have put ahead of you. 
That's the purpose for creating you. That's a false God. But that's a joke. So if you pray for a baby, for example, he gives, you receive. Okay? You receive what you asked for by believing. Oh, I have the baby that I desire. So you can see, I desire twins. Oh, I have the twins that I desire. Do you understand? Sometimes we are afraid for God. We are afraid that God will not fall his hand. Now how will I ask for twins? Boy first, then girl. You are feeling like, how about if it's girl? Okay, if it's now finally twins and girl comes out first. No, you shall have whatsoever you say. Do you see that? You shall have whatsoever you say. So don't be afraid for God. So you say, okay, I want twins. Boy first and girl. Thank you, Lord, because I have it. Because he has given a heart if I believe. Oh, I have twins, a boy and then a girl. I have it. Would that manifest instantly? Would you leave the prayer room coming out with two children? You will definitely explain to your husband. James, <laughs> it will take a period of time for it to happen. But within that time, you mustn't change your confession. Will things happen that might make you change? Want to change your confession? Yes. Things like what? Echo scan. Do you get? But you maintain your confession. Okay. I can't even remember where exactly it's speaking. But there's a point where I hear the man go preach that. If, for example, you want to pray for someone that is sick, you send the okay, those that are doubting, you send them out there. You send them out so that I don't know, so that their faith will not their doubts. Sorry, their doubts will not. Just say all the Thomas. Thomas, bye bye. Because I think people are going to pray for someone. The number of instances in the Bible. Even Peter did the same thing. He wanted to pray for someone that was dead. Yeah. He just told people that they're crying. Please, please, just go outside and be crying. He legitimately just told them that. Those guys be right outside. Because <laughs> it has to be celebration, right? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing again. You know that I said, situations might make you move from faith to doubt. I know that the faith of Saul doesn't affect your prayer. It's your own faith that affects your prayer. But you know that his doubts can affect your doubts, can affect your faith. You are believing God for twins. The doctor said, Ekoskan is only one. One child that we see. And you are trying to maintain, stay in the place of faith. And Saul is busy saying, Echo scan is so accurate, it can tell even the complexion of the child. Now, he's foiling doubts in you. Do you get? Now, of course, you know he can also motivate you to faith. So, of course, his faith can affect your faith. I, I, that was when I said that. I was, wasn't. What I meant was that that he has faith. If you stay in doubt, it doesn't mean to work for you. That's what I meant. If he has faith, if you stay in doubt, can he have faith on your behalf? He cannot have faith on your behalf. 
Now, the faith thing teaches that there are instances when someone can have faith on your behalf. For example, you can't say, okay, now, I know you are dead, though, but you guys fit this thing. <laughs> you guys fit this thing. Or you look at your, 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 your three-month-old baby, say, look, you have to have faith for this situation because I can't have No, that can't happen. He will definitely die. Did you get that kind of thing? Or you now tell the babies, have faith and be twins, so. I know you're in the womb, but see have faith and be twins, no. Okay, but he can throw doubt in you. Just like he can motivate you towards faith. But of course, your faith has to be on God's word. Do you understand? Your faith has to be on God's word. So, testimonies can motivate you to see the possibility in the situation. But you know what? Testimonies can move you from a place of doubt to a place of mental assets where you know it is possible. You haven't believed that I have received. Faith is that I have believed that I have received. I have. Just I believe that I have received. But testimonies can move you to a place where you think, look, this thing is possible. This thing is possible. It has been done before. But you know what? Mental assets will not produce results for you. Mental assets behaves like faith, talks like faith, but doesn't believe what he's saying, nor believe what he's acting out. Also, someone heard that the woman in the issue of blood touched the cloth of Jesus. The guy went, touched this side, touched that side, touched the, <laughs> removed the clothes, took it to the house, wore it and slept. Nothing happened. So mental asset behaves like faith, talks like faith, broke his glasses like faith, drop wherever, inhaler like faith. But doesn't believe like faith. Do you understand? So, mental assets can make you more... Testimonies can motivate you to see the possibilities. And make you believe that, look, this thing can happen. But you know what? Faith doesn't believe that it can happen. Faith believes that it has happened. I have what I have said. Do you understand? That's what faith believes. I have received what I said. So... You know, faith is believing the word of God concerning the situation. Whatever I decide to believe in God's word concerning the situation, you have it. You know, someone can say, I believe that this sickness will not kill me. I'll still live um, for 20 more years. But he doesn't believe that he'll be healed, but he believes that he'll be alive. And that's his faith. Do you see that? That's his faith. Another person can even believe that the sickness will go and come back and go and come back and have long sessions of health in my life. That's the person's faith. But he doesn't believe he has been cured, basically. It's not like the person saying that I'll be sick and I'll come back. I'll be sick. He just believes I haven't been cured, like all this kind of like terminal disease, I haven't been cured, but the effect won't always be strong in my life. And it, yes, because that's his faith. How? In the stomach or when they come out? If that's their faith, you shall have whatsoever you 
say. Yes, huh? Remember, faith begins when the will of God is known. So now, how do you explain this instance? You came for someone's love. Let me just give you my I pray for my friend. I knew that the healing was done. Like this one I knew. It's not like mm-hmm. I just knew the healing was done. And it started getting better. But when I went home, this pastor came. When I went home, she told me that five years ago, she said, I left there and seen you with your surgery. Instantly, and now instantly I like, I like, no. I didn't say to her, but in my mind, like, no. That thing that I was doing, I think the same thing that I was doing, I was about how I was doing, and I see God is doing the victory concerning that law. But how do you now handle the situation where, like, what's giving for this thing? Mm-hmm. But it's looking as though the person, the person, it's not you, but the person in question that you want to give for, is now moving. The person has to move away from the wavering to a place of faith. It's the same thing that happened when Jesus told Peter to walk on water. He knew Peter would walk on water. Peter was in a place of faith, began to walk on water, but then began to doubt and began to sink. So Jesus said, because you are unbelieving and faithless and perverse generation. Same thing, the person has to get away from doubt to a place of faith. If the person goes to a place of faith, he will have whatsoever he says. Let me tell you something. Listen very well. You always have whatsoever you say. If I believe that I will be sick and I will die, I will have whatsoever I see. Do you see that? So maybe that person is in a place, maybe, I don't know, the person is in a place where he believes, he has stopped, probably stopped believing for the healing. He has paid attention to medical details. He now believes that the cure to this thing is the surgery. He would have whatsoever he sees. Do you understand? So that's why I was saying you can't have faith in the person you have. The person has to now get to the place of faith. Believe God's words concerning the situation. Then it becomes his faith confession. The person will believe I have received and the person will have. So it's not like, it's not like because God has, you know God has given, you have received, but you would have whatsoever you say. Now this is the person. What is the person believing and saying? How do you get the person to place of faith? Yeah. Let the person begin to meditate on God's word concerning the situation. Mm-hmm. Get into the place of conviction about God's word. The, that means the person is persuaded. The person can now pray and receive. So what, how do you explain um, the things of miracles and healing? Like, unless you lay hands on something and the person is healed. Many times, the miraculous is a demonstration of, in fact, it's a demonstration of many things. It's like when you do tongues and interpretation, an interpretation of tongues is a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. So you see, it wasn't one gift in demonstration. Many times, the working of miracle works with the gift of faith. Where the person, gift of faith is that the person just, it seems that the person just believes for it. So many, sometimes it happens like that. Some other times, you ask the person, have you not seen Jesus say, do you believe that I, the Son of Man, is able to? So he locates the person. So the person is in faith, then the person receives. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The guy was in faith. You see, so the person got what he wanted. We usually think Jesus just stumbled upon people. No. Now, in Mark chapter 6, the Bible says he could not do mighty works in his hometown. Why? Because of the unbelief. So, it wasn't like he stumbled upon people and over, just overrode and override their, their, their wherever. No. It's the same. It's how the woman the issue of blood got her healing that the others got. She believed that. You know that if he didn't stop her, as if who touched me, who would have known that she had faith confession if I should have touched the home of his garment. Same thing. Other miracles, we just saw him do things that we thought people got healed. But no, they had faith confessions. The centurion said, look, come to my house. On, um, on that person said, you know what, speak the word. This centurion said, speak. Centurion said, speak the word. Jairus said, come to my house. That was their faith confession. You don't, now, in ministering healing, you don't now override their faith confession. So if I say, you want me to pray for you. Maybe you have stomach pain and you want me to pray for you. And I say, do you believe that if I pray for you, you'll be healed? You say, ah, you really need to know the nature of the kingdom because it's not just normal one. The person is not in the place of faith for it. Okay. But you know that the person can actually say yes, but he doesn't really believe. Okay. So that is the person not believing for what the person... The person is not saying what he believes. So, before you, you get... Now listen to this. When you want to get someone healed, especially when it's a situation where you feel... Like for that situation I give. She's like, I oh, really need to know this situation. It's not a normal one. Okay? Not for her. Let me for hypothetical person. Amaka. You're not Amaka now. Amaka. Is Amaka. Or what's the name of the other one? That one that they say why for? Pamela. Hey, let's say Pamela. Let's say it's Pamela, for example. So you know Pamela. <laughs> So Pamela says, I said, Pamela, I want to pray for you. You have a chest pain. I want to pray for you. Do you believe if I pray for you, you'll be healed? Pamela said, ah, you have to calm down because this thing is just the heating and it's cancer of the lungs or the chest or something. So what you do is, so Pamela knows enough about the situation. She has believed is her confession she would have whatever she says. So she needs to change her belief. The resultant effect of her change of belief is that to change her confession. You don't try to make her change confession. That's why say this after me is a very wrong thing to do. Get it now? So what you do is you preach the gospel. Many times the person says, Oh, I believe. So if I believe in Jesus Christ, my sins are forgiven. That's his faith confession. I believe. So, you get Pamela to learn enough of God's word concerning healing, pay less attention on the medical facts. See, there's a healthy level of medical facts you should know. Okay, it's cancer. Okay, we know now. But by the time you now go and be reading statistics of people that die by heart cancer, you know, how heart cancer grows, the speed, 
Say, ah, heart cancer grows faster than when boat runs. You will definitely not be healed this year. <laughs> I'm joking. Do you get what I'm saying? So you know, so the person begins to meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. Listen, sometimes we want people to get a healing and we are trying to do magic. You just do like this. Yes. You can't believe for the person. But you know what? You can, you can, you can. It's, you, it's like when you say let's join faith together. What we are doing is that we are strengthening you. Jensen, we are strengthening you. It's like when we pray together. When we pray together, am I defying you in my praying in tongues? No. But you know that my passion in prayer can be contagious. Do you understand? So, now, I say, so, of course, I'll be hearing God's word on your behalf. You'll be hearing, Pamela will be hearing God's word. Hearing God's word in, on, about healing. Okay? Of course, me, because I probably haven't studied the situation, and it's not my heart, it's easy for me to believe. It will happen. Do you get? Or maybe sentiment. Since the thing has moved to the back now. This and that. All those things can make it not too easy. So remember we said, the doubters can influence your faith and make you doubt. Someone in faith can, can spoil you to faith. Not like the, the person won't really just spoil you to faith. But like I said, to mental assets, what you believe is possible. Get, but you have a personal responsibility to hear God's word. Let me give you an instruction. There are people that you know that need change in specific areas of their lives. Let them get God's word concerning the situation. Maybe you have a friend that has a financial difficulty, always calling you for money. You know what? Tell the person to story God's word in the lines of that. You have a friend that is always falling sick. Maybe the person is sick or let the person get God's word concerned. Don't just begin and praying for you. Are you hearing me? Don't just begin and praying for you. Get the person to get God's word concerning that situation and do it fast. Do it very fast. Okay? But what's the scripture for that? Whatever we need in the word. No scripture. But no, I like, let's continue. <laughs> no, continue. Okay. Continue. I'm, gonna, I'm going to ask someone a question. Continue. Like the example, living God for. You want to. Let just an example. Use yourself. What is it? I'm not Okay, well, someone wants to start up a business and is believing God for which business to go into, mm. and that's basically being the that's that that's divine direction you are looking for, right? Mm. It's not divine direction, you're looking for. yes. Uh-huh. Is there no God's word for divine direction? They've made some, they've made no, oh, uh-huh. that's, you, that's you now see, you now see that you now see Sarah, Sarah was the wife of Abraham. Abraham was a farmer. So now go. Hmm. Is your name Abraham? Say no, my name is so you can't be the man that God wants me to marry. What's your name again? Say my name is Abraham something. I hear it's you. I marry you. Are you a farmer? I say yes. Say ah, it's even the will of God. No. So it's not like you find a Greek 
go and do a grief in the Bible. No. But you know that God leads his people. Yes, sir. So I can ask for divine leading. Okay? And then he leads me. He says, you know what? Start up. Start selling eggs. And the eggs you are selling, buy them from Pastor Dominion. And be selling them. <laughs> Start roasting fish. Buy his fish, fish and be roasting. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you would not... People think, fine. People try to say, locate yourself in the world. Yes, like there's a word of God concerning you. Like, you know the way Jesus located himself in the world? It was written concerning mm-hmm. me. Everybody's expecting to It is a it. lie. Let me tell you, should I tell you something? Whatever is written concerning you in the world is the same thing that is written concerning every believer in the world. There's no, there's no prophecy that is about you. No. No. Everything we have, we have, every prophecy about us is in Christ. Okay? So it's not as if you now say, ah, my destiny is like David. I'm going to be a king, and then I'll be a priest, I'll be a singer, I'll be dodging arrows, I'll be killing Goliath. No. Do you understand? No, that's not true. Every prophecy about you is the same for every believer. Okay. Now, when it comes to specific things like career, you can seek divine leading, and then he leads you. You know this and that and that. He doesn't have to. You don't have to find it in the world. If I don't go look for it in the world, eh? you now say be an astronaut. Okay, who was an astronaut in the Bible? There was one. There was one example that someone okay. cited. Was it your no in the Old Testament? When he said making something with I can't remember the like okay, you will not really get a specific when you get someone like for example someone that was wearing like the example you gave, but there was one scripture in the old testament that he he was inventing things, I think he was those guys, man. No, basically. Yes. Okay. Genesis chapter four. Okay, we're inventing things. Okay, so okay. Maybe it can, you can, you can give you, you not like, like explain it to be like, okay, you are called to be an engineer or something. Why like, can he just? Get... Why can he not just tell me be an engineer? Why start going to Old Testament? No, <laughs> let me tell you, it's just not true. Look at. Thank you. Look at, look at, look at the. Thank you. Okay, what was the scripture backing for during this chariot? For in Acts chapter 8, when God told Philip to join this chariot. Jonathan, look at when Paul said he was a tent maker. Why did he do it? To earn a living. And he said there were other tent makers, Apollos, um, Apollo and Priscilla. He didn't come up and say, Look, I was a tent maker. Yeah, because of, you know. The tent, Abraham lived in tents, and no, no time for jokes. Do <laughs> you get? So, no. In the practical areas of your life, listen, in the practical areas of your life, the leadings are just direct. We'll talk about it in the, we'll talk about it next month. We'll talk about it next month. Very beautiful. Very, very beautiful teaching. You'll, you'll, you'll love it, and it will just clear all those doubts. But it's not true. 
that God wants you to be something in practical areas of life, like a doctor. You now have to look for some, a doctor in the Bible to tell you no. Now, can he? He can. But you know what? It's not a standard. What is a standard is how he leads. That is by the inner weakness and stuff. We, we look at all of those things. Do you get it? So don't try and locate yourself in the Bible. If you do that, you run into error. You are clearly explained in the Bible. You are a man in Christ. Okay? And your career, your, your assignment is not as important as your purpose. Your purpose is to make to know Christ and to make him known. Your assignment is or your career is the platform that you would use. The platform provides you with opportunity to earn a living. It gives you opportunity to meet people that need salvation. Do you understand? It gives you money to also sponsor the gospel. Do you understand? That's it. You can actually legit just decide that you know what I'll do. It. The thing is a lie. It's a big lie. Because when you look at it, when people want to now get a job, have you seen anyone that just say, Oh, I only applied to CBN and he doesn't apply any other place? Why? Because that's the will of God. You say, Baba, standard high school is looking for a primary teacher. Better go and apply. So it's actually not true. Okay, it's actually not true. So, now, when there is no change yet, back to our teaching, when there is no change yet, you stay in the place of faith. You stay in the place of faith. You can, it's possible to move from the place of faith to the place of doubt. So, don't move from the place of faith to the place of doubt. As you spend more time thinking about the facts of the situation, Doubt grows in you. As Pamela kept doing more research on heart cancer, doubt was growing in her. But as you keep meditating on God's word and staying on God's word, faith grows in you. You know what? You don't even need to know how, how the gravity of a sickness. You don't need to. Why? All you want to know is that I believe I act and he gives. I believe and I receive. Do you understand? So I have received the healing. Do you understand? I have received the healing. The healing doesn't become more difficult for him to give if the sickness is very deep. Do you understand? It's not like if it's a very strong sickness, it takes a lot for God to give. Now, if he has given, you know, let me explain it to you. If I wanted to ask my uncle for 1,000 naira, it would have been easy, right? It's easy. But if I want to ask him for a million naira, I probably need to write down, bring my strong points. But you know what? When I ask God for 1 million, he gives without finding fault. So what do I need to do? Just believe and I receive. So even if it's a very strong sickness, what I need to know is that if I ask God, he's going to give. So I can just believe that he has given and I receive. And then I will have. So I don't need to know how terrible the sickness is. I don't need to know how long Pamela has been sick. Jonathan, Pamela don't need to know how long the sickness has been in her body. You say, this sickness, you are born with it. It's part of your genes. 
She doesn't need to know. God has given. She believes she has received. She has. So you maintain your confession. And your confession is a declaration of what you already believe. What you believe comes from what God has said in His Word. So you stay on your confession. You stay on your confession. Your confession keeps you going. You stay on your confession. Your confession is not so that you have faith. That's meditation. Your confession is a declaration of the faith you already have. Jones, huh? The declaration of what you already have. And you would have whatsoever you say. Whatsoever you say. So always, always, you know, um, in, in, in Mark 5, when they said, she said she would, if she touched the hem of the garment, um, the Bible teacher said, the, the, the originals is that she kept saying, she kept saying, she kept saying, no, not until she believed it. Yes, you keep your faith confession, it's not a declaration once. And I'm not saying it again and again so that it will happen. No. I received when I asked. That was when I received. I received when I asked. Jonathan. So, she kept saying, If I touch, oh, see, if I touch the end of the I know I've made for. I know I've made for. I know I've made for. Jonathan. I know I've made for. She wasn't motivating herself. She was, it was a declaration of what is in her heart. It's like when you're worrying and you're just on your own saying, this sickness will kill me. It will kill this person. You keep saying, you keep saying, you keep saying. It's the same thing. You just keep saying what you believe. Not to believe it. Not to make it happen. Because you will see. Gentlemen. So that's what you do when there's no changes. Okay? Any questions? Because yeah. you won't receive. Okay, so it has been, let's say, manifested. He has given. Okay, he has given. You receive by believing. You receive by believing. So it's possible that God gave and then handing some You've chosen to receive. It's like, it's like salvation. God has given salvation. Those that don't have faith in Christ have not received. Because they are they like Jews. Prince of Pasha, okay, God has released the answer, but Prince of Pasha, something has actually, stopped it somewhere. The, yeah, that's your, the Prince of Pasha is your doubt. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what Jesus said. If you believe and you doubt me, you shall have whatsoever you say. The Prince of Pasha likes, let him become the King of Pasha. If you believe, you have whatsoever you say, yeah? In fact, in, in, look at, let's look at, uh, uh, okay, we'll come to your question. Mark chapter 9, look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Oh, this is beautiful. Verse 23. Are you there? 
Mark 9.23, are you there? Response, are you there? Yes. Alright, well, let's read. So then, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Do you see that? All things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. Yeah? That's the last part of verse 24. Yeah? Like Jesus has to help his He said, I believe. I do believe in this. Help my own. So does he believe? This. So, all things are possible to him that believe it. So, whether there is Prince of Pasha, whether there is King of Pasha, whether there is God of Pasha, all things are possible to him that believe it. If you believe, you shall have whatsoever you see. You know that sometimes we just believe that I will not get all and I will not get answers to all my prayers. We've classified some prayers as this one here to be hard. And you know what? That's why it is hard. We think it is hard because the thing is hard. No. It's hard because we have decided it to be hard. That this one I need to have strong faith. Do you see that? Oh, if you ask, even in doubt, in that your this God gives. You are the one that brings yourself not to receive. You would always have what you believe. You understand? Some people try to be sane, 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 sane without believing. Those are the Armstrong people. <laughs> Do you understand? Someone is sick, he says I'm strong. The person is saying what he doesn't believe. He's hoping that his sin will make it happen. No. All things are possible to them that believe. Your sin should be a demonstration of what you believe. Like I said, declaring the facts is not lack of faith. Making judgment based on facts is the unbelief. James, huh? The man came to Jesus in, Ma- in Matthew 17 and said, Look, my son is sick. He's possessed of a demon. Sometimes he enters water. Sometimes he enters fire. That's a declaration of fact. Do you understand? Paul said he left was... Who did he say left? Sick. He said the person was sick. It's not a declaration of unbelief. It's a declaration of fact. But making judgments is now the unbelief. In Matthew, in, in Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14, uh, Moses, t- and Aaron, Moses sent the ten spies to go and spy the land. The people came back. They said the land is sweet. Make our money. Every, they even brought fruit. They said, these are the fruits of the land. They said, you know what? We cannot go in. That's not a statement of, that's not, they're not stating the fact. They have judged that, look, we cannot go in. You know what? In verse 14, Tishan and Caleb said we can't. They stoned dead for saying that. Those people, so they had made their judgment that look, we cannot go into that land. But Tishan and Caleb said, look, we are able to. 
that God has given this land to us. We are able to, that's a judgment. Did you get that? So, your faith confession is your judgment. Your faith confession is your judgment. You know what? Your, you can also make judgment based on unbelief. The person can say, look, this sickness is going to kill me. Or this poverty, or I'll never be rich. That is judgment. Or I'll never get the appointment. I'll never get the admission. That's, that's a judgment. But you know what? They would have closed all the lists and session has started. But this person has, the, this is his faith confession. Look, I'm getting an admission this year in this school. And the person will get it. Because why? Nothing is impossible for them that believe. Nothing. Forget. But then you go and say, today is after last list, today is to leave anyone. You are fueling doubt. That question now. What's it? What do you want to know about? If they now say no, does it, does it give you faith? Your faith cannot be based on the fact. Your faith has to be based on God's word. That's why I say there's a limit to how much fact you should learn about the situation. Just that there's a limit to how much the, um, fact you should know about the situation. You should know more about the facts of the world concerning the situation. Clear? Alright. So, any questions? Yeah. Like praying for the dead, so the person doesn't need you don't need his faith, or he doesn't need at this point, just yeah, it's, it's like praying for a baby now that is two days old. Why the person doesn't matter, person doesn't matter. There are situations when look at when Paul was praying for the church, church in Ephesus, I was praying for revelation and for him for the joints now. Okay, those kind of prayers inspired by God. No, no, not not actually. Mm-hmm. Supplication. Okay, it's called supplication. supplication. Yes. For the, yes. Supplication for the thing. It's not even necessary for the thing. Um, yeah, yeah, supplicating. You can get results from supplication. The prayer, the polite prayers are supplication.